I just don't think these athletes are worth $200 million. Now, it's just my opinion. And I just want to know where your like barometer comes from. My opinion is if you can do a skill that not even 1% of the people on the planet can do, you should be compensated accordingly. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. I always we, have to introduce uh, myself. And we've got a special <laughs> guest. Dad Dino's here. Dad is back. Back in the living color. Oh my gosh. So that's a show. Do you know what in living color was? Yes, I do. The famous Wayman family. That was Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. Fire Marshal Bill. Uh, was it Wanda? Uh, no. Yeah. Was yeah. it Wanda? Yeah. 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 With um, Jamie Foxx's. Fox curling yeah. iron lips. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, that was a. Uh, no, that was Jim Carrey. That was Jim. Oh, no, no, no. That was, that's when he was the. Uh, that was Jamie Foxx. He was, remember he was like a, a, a bodybuilder. Yeah. But he, but he Vera. Was, Vera. Vera. Vera DeMilo. Oh, that's good. I swear to God. And Vera then, what, do you remember that they would do movie? Uh, cri- they were movie critics, uh-huh. and they would do two snaps and a twist. Yes, you remember yes, that? Yes. <laughs> I gotta say, in Living Color, if Hated we're it. aging ourselves, <laughs> um, if we're aging ourselves, is that in the '90s, early 2000s? No. No. Oh gosh, no. It was 90s. 90s. No, it was yes. 90s. that had to be '80s. No, Dad, Living Color was. You 90s. literally have no concept of. I, I mean, I remember all Living Color. Fire Marshall Bill, yeah. Jim Carrey, Dale yeah. came in there. You were alive. It, was, yeah. it had to be 80s because <laughs> if no. it was 90s, no. think about where Jim Carrey, all the movies he was in after yeah. that. We don't have to have this conversation. Google it. We can Google it. But um, I'm saying if there's a 198 in it, I want an apology. Yeah, there will not be because do you know how young we were in the 80s? We wouldn't have been watching In Living in Color. In Living Color. Yeah. Premiered 1990 Ooh. in 1994. Ooh. April 15th. Actually, and it ended April May 19th. So we're kind of in that. Well, so I was close. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's in the 90s. I mean, you know, you think about like where those, everyone on that show was pretty successful. Yeah. I mean, Jim Carrey went to have a really mm-hmm. amazing Carrey career. Carrey Fox. Jamie Foxx won an Oscar. Yeah. You okay. Know. Here's a question. Would okay. you say that they're talented comedians? Like Jamie Foxx, I think is really underrated. He is a great singer. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. He's an amazing comedian. He's kind of the Sammy Davis Jr. of his time. Okay, I'm okay. not that familiar with Sammy Davis Jr. Like I didn't know was he a triple threat like that? Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. He yeah, he was the most talented of the Rat Pack. Mm, okay. Yeah. And then Jim Carrey, he went on to earn over $10 million per picture. He's funny as heck, right? Yeah. Way, over, way overpaid. Oh, oh God. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, that's a segue. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this episode is sparked by a little family controversy. Controversy. Can I speak? So again, dad's visiting. 
we're watching uh, the yeah, Laker so we're, game. Yeah, the we're other watching day. like a Laker game, and there's a like a t- the Laker game is over. Go Warriors. The, the, yeah, <laughs> Laker game is over, and we see the the um, ESPN jumps on, and there's a breaking news. What is the player's name again? Jalen Hurts. No, not well. Jalen Hurts, as well as quarterback for the um, Baltimore Ravens, um, uh, Jackson, I think. Forget his last Lamar first, Jackson. Lamar Jackson, correct. Okay. So Lamar if you Jackson, don't know sports, don't Lamar, worry. It this doesn't will matter. Make so sense, that's yeah. why it doesn't matter. But these two individuals are two quarterbacks. They play for NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts got a contract for two hundred and sixty-five million for mm-hmm. five years, okay. and like one hundred and eighty of it was guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson got a, a contract of like two hundred. Eighty-five million, mm-hmm. uh, and another hundred and ninety was guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the largest contracts that NFL players have ever received, mm-hmm. or athletes, period, have ever mm-hmm. received. So in that, um, Dad goes on to say, "What did you say, Dad?" I said, "Well, I'm not, I cannot really repeat what you I said here and there, but it's like that. you are." Fucking kidding me. $187 million. I don't care who you are. You would have to be Jesus Christ to be worth that type of money. I don't care. I don't think Jesus Christ would throw the football do like we, that. At what point do we price, are we pricing ourselves out of professional sports okay, well, you for the average okay, household? You're skipping ahead. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. So, I'm very passionate so about this. all pissy. All, pissy. So, all jacked up. Yeah. So we, we're talking about the fact that, like, these individuals have a very unique skill mm-hmm. that less than one percent point two percent point zero two percent of the population have, mm-hmm. right? Which garners a certain level of income. Right. And right? he says we should be paying our teachers more. And it sparks this whole controversial debate. Okay. So I want to know the audience listeners. Are you guilty of seeing that, okay, ex-athlete just earned a contract of $180 million, and first thing that comes out of your mind, your thoughts are, fuck that. Like, that's too much money. How dare them give him that much money? Nobody's worth that, because that's my dad's perspective. And what's really interesting is, like, your generation is boomer, right? Yes. I'm going to be 66. Okay, so our children... Feel that same way about Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. right? So it's interesting. You got Gen X, I mean Gen Z, mm-hmm. right? And you've got boomers, and then having this very mirroring perspective, yeah, of like this person makes too much money, they should do distribute that money to someone. And your p- perspective is that money should not necessarily go to those individuals; they should go to other professions. So you're all socialists. <laughs> You all are socialists. <laughs> Everything should be even. Steven. It's very socialistic right. perspective. However, yes. so then we get into this big nothing debate to do with socialism because I say Gen X is all about meritocracy. If you earn it, you deserve it. Mm. You earn it, you deserve it. Right. Everybody gets to earn what they deserve. Right. So we get into this debate, and I said. I have a lot of teacher friends. I love them. What teachers do for our kids is amazing. But let's be real. Teachers are in a union. They're not held to these standards where we're going to get rid of you if you're underperforming. Like if we get 10 parents complain that, you know, their student doesn't feel like they're getting what they need or whatever, there's not a lot of accountability. I know some people are going to say teachers get held accountable. But the point in the context of this conversation was it takes a couple years to go to mm-hmm. college. Anybody can say, I love kids. I want to go get a degree and I want to become a teacher. Anybody can do that. Not anyone can throw the football like this. Not anyone can shoot baskets like this. Literally, they cannot. 
So it's a skill that most people cannot and will not ever acquire. I believe that you should be compensated for that. If you enter a profession where the barrier to entry is very low, meaning anyone can do it with Mm -hmm. a little bit of schooling, a little bit of training, then you're not going to be capable of expecting to be paid a whole lot. That's my argument. Okay. So we get into this whole debate, and he says it's too much money, and it's unfair. So the right. price of the athletes, you know, their their salaries now has inflated it to where you go see a ball game or something, and now a Dasani water is $15, right? Mm. So he's saying that it all trickles down, and it outprices, like the average American can't Outpricing take the normal family. The, you know, the normal guy... Who who I am? Who wants to take his family for to go see a, a Rams game? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right, and I'm wondering how can they afford this? You know, mm-hmm. how could I mean the price? You go on SubHub, these places tickets, these tickets are two hundred fifty dollars a piece for four kids. Then you pay seventy five dollars or hundred bucks to park. Mm-hmm. Then you go get in line, and little Billy or little Eddie, in this respect, oh. wants a hot dog, some popcorn. Mm-hmm. Okay, the hot sure, dog is twelve bucks. Here. The popcorn is eight. I'll have some, just have some water, honey. Bottle of Dasani is $13. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it and my freaking head wants to explode. Okay. You know, it's, and then I'm talking to it and it was like, well, you know, I said, no, all is that are predicated, in my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, is what we're paying these athletes because it trickles down to everything. Mm-hmm. What the owners are making, what the owners are charging the concessionaires for bringing their, to come into the concessions to sell their hot dogs. So it's a trickle lot effect. Is the kid selling the hot dogs making, 42 bucks an hour because he's getting 12 bucks for a hot dog? No, Hell no. he sells hot dogs. Yeah, but I'm just saying. He, he has no skill required to but sell it's hot all dogs. Re- as far as I'm concerned, it should be all relative. Where is all that money going? You know, well, we're paying some guy $187 million to throw a football, who at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, contributes nothing positive to society. Okay. Is this kid strapping himself on the top of a rocket, getting blasted to the moon? No. He's had an innate ability to be able to throw a football and hit a a tire hanging from a tree. Okay, God bless the kid. But you know what? Is that worth $187 million? And my son says, well, it's not his fault. You're right. It isn't his fault. And I'm not saying it is. It is the generational, the masterminds behind the evil empire behind professional sports who are doing this to the common Joe. So this okay, I need to like, take my blood pressure pills. Right. I'm getting kind of red in the face right now. It's okay. very passionate about this. Like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> it is. So you well, you get into a debate with my dad, which yeah. is what we do in our household. Yeah, we debate a lot, and so I, you know, I look at that a little bit differently, mm-hmm. right? I look at it very similar to what you just articulated that athletes have a very specific skill set that. You know, there are skills and there's talent. Yeah. Right. And though you have individuals that are born with a certain level of, of talent and then they nurture that with practice and skill and then they become exceptional. Mm-hmm. And I think that in any industry, when you're exceptional, right, you're probably going to be paid accordingly. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you think about the contribution, so I think where we differ is that I think there is a very positive contribution mm-hmm. to society whether it be the inspiration that that young kid um, anywhere in America gets from watching football, where they want to pursue something like that, um, which we know that when they pursue it, you know, your education get, get, can be free, you get mm-hmm. paid for, right? You learn 
valuable skills being a part of a team atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason why our athletes are so held at a high pedestal is because they are our modern day gladiators, mm -hmm. right? They are where we go to see entertainment, but not only to go see entertainment, we watch them persevere. We watch them struggle. We see them, we see every aspect of their lives, mm -hmm. right? And so they become a major part of, of the inspiration and the aspirations of many young people and adults. Yeah. But- are you going to tell me that little boy that's 10 years old sitting in front of the television watching professional sports is not saying, oh, my God, that guy just made one hundred and forty million dollars. All I need to do is go out to, into play yard and get better at throwing a football. He's not thinking about all, all how this is expirational. A lot of these kids are hearing, see, little Timmy, if you go throw basketball and be this, you too can go and earn $200 million. Mm -hmm. That's what this kid is thinking about. Oh, my God, if I earn $200 million, I can buy mom a new house. I can do this. Like, God bless them. Right. But I'm saying, wouldn't it be like, hey, you know, Timmy, go to school, become a doctor, learn how to cure cancer. But what do you say to the people who are like, yeah, I have a different skill. Like, I'm really gifted when it comes to sports. I beat everyone in races. Like, I've got a different skill. My sister is very academic. Like, 100%. she's going to become a doctor. And let's I'm just pay him accordingly, whatever that accordingly is. I just don't think these athletes are worth $200 million. Now, mm -hmm. it's just my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to know where your like barometer comes from, because I feel like, again, my opinion is if you can do a skill that not even 1% of the people on the planet can do, you should be compensated accordingly. Yeah. And I think that what you're paid is relative to the market, is relative to the industry you're in. So for example, if Janelle here is the greatest business coach of all time, right? Mm -hmm. And based on the industry itself, let's just say that the industry, you know, when you're a really great business coach, you make $5 million a year, mm -hmm. right? And you are happen to be the best. You happen to be the most inspirational, right. most strategic. And then I'm and, sought after. And then you're sought after. I'm only one person. Right. I only and have so, so many hours that, in the day. Right. Within that industry, you may tip the scales and move that up from five million to seven million right. because you are the exception, right? It just depends on the industry you're in. Athletics and sports is happens to be, and I don't know the number, we have to probably look it up, but I'm gonna say it's probably a $50 billion business mm -hmm. annually, mm -hmm. right? And so and that's just for football, right? Right. And so I don't I, I don't know the number. Someone have to correct me. But based on that, the people associated that actually increase that value should be paid relative to that income. Yeah. So that's why I say they definitely should be. We're only in the, I would say in the last decade, now starting to pay athletes relative to the industry that they're in. Yeah, because the owners make up, I mean, a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Stupid money. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the and athletes were getting That's even worse than the that. athletes. And right. I'm just saying, so Janelle is this great entrepreneur helping people build businesses. Mm -hmm. All right. Look at the trickle down she has, her effect she has by her skill, by all these people opening businesses, all these people hiring mm -hmm. people, all these people earning money. That is a much greater value to me that she's paid $100 million by becoming this huge entrepreneur and helping hundreds of people out there inspire their dreams and open up their little businesses in the, down in the quarter neighborhood versus the kid who's throwing a freaking football who is not inspiring, you know, he's not inspiring anybody except... Other little kids who want to go out there, God bless them, and play sports. But you know what? It doesn't have the same effect as Janelle, 
who's helping everyone open businesses. But what about That's that where it becomes polarizing, but, but, though, because it's subjective, right? Like, you're like... Fuck sports, like that's not good enough. Well, not it's fuck sports. I just don't think they're worth two hundred million. Right. You can't tell me ten million is but enough for this guy. Someone would say, "I'm never going to be an entrepreneur. I don't <laughs> care about her. She shouldn't make that much money either, right?" And so the interesting thing where Eddie and I were coming from was asking you, "What's triggering this for you? Like, right. what? Where is this thought process even coming from?" Because I don't look at someone and say, "Well." I'll be damned like that is just pisses me off that this person makes so much money. So my question was then like, is it a comparison thing? Is it like I'm over here busting my ass going to work every day and I'm like barely making it, which you're not like you have always earned a good income. Right. So like, why does it impact you? Because my thing is, is like somebody else making one hundred and eighty five million doesn't take away from any of your earning potential. It's not affecting any way that I well, right. then maybe it is though because maybe How? the 187 million dollars this kid is getting paid it's all real has an effect on it has an effect on some other product or something that i want to go buy so a good example for example okay. if i want to go buy a pair of these tennis shoes that are made in china that cost 12 bucks okay. and because eddie copeland is a you know olympic athlete signs them and now these tennis shoes cost me 250 yeah but you don't have to buy them yeah. Well, well, yeah, and I don't have to go to the football game. Right. But that guy's still making, you know, or the people that want to go to the football game, in my opinion, who don't make that big are getting priced out of it. But would you agree that not everyone can afford everything? I'll give you an example. There were many times where, like, when we were kids, we just couldn't go out to dinner. Not everybody can't afford close. everything. You 100%. Restaurants shouldn't close because my family couldn't go to dinner, right? right. When we, Chris doesn't I, stop selling yeah. steaks because people can't I remember, say. though, when we were younger and we went to the movies, like, we could never ask for a soda or popcorn at the movie theater. Why? Because that shit was too expensive. My mom worked at a grocery store. We went in. We got a candy. We put a thing of, you know, water or something in her purse, and we took it in because we couldn't afford to buy concessions. So that's, like, to me, the equivalent of bitching about popcorn and a soda are $20. This is absurd. Down they with should, AMC. Like, I mean, AMC <laughs> shouldn't exist then because it's not adding any value. No, I just, we couldn't afford to do that, right? Well, 100%. Not okay. everybody can afford anything. Okay, well, let me, okay, but let me think. I think at some point in the near future, let's say 20 years from now, professional sports is going to be an elitist thing that only elitist and multimillionaires are wealthy People, wealthy people, can afford to take their kids to go see. And that, because and you're looking at I these stadiums, you know, you're looking at these. Oh, look at it, Chuck Nicholson. Oh, it's blow blow. What's the mm -hmm. spotter? It's that guy. Pretty soon, at some point, that's all that's going to be in these things. And why? Because we chart, we paid all these assholes way too much money, and it just was the the balloon effect of what it finally became. This is the dichotomy yeah. of the end result of what happened. One of the things I think the economics behind it is I don't think the athletes' salaries are what's driving the ticket costs. I think that the I think athletes the, are the ones filling the stadium. The marketplace, people' willingness to pay for those tickets right. are what's driving the tickets. Prices. It's like Disneyland. It's, if the, here, here's the thing: if the if the stadiums charge what they charge and they had empty stadiums, what would happen? It's a wrap. The price drops would go mm -hmm. down, right? And then to your point, maybe you will see a, an adjustment in how many, right. how much people get paid. But the reality is you're right, but I think we're getting there not because of the athletes making what they're making. We're getting there is because people are willing to pay because the market can bear in it. those stadiums. Uh, at yeah. this point, but you're right. But, but right. see, I think you, you say Disneyland. At some point, it's, there's a different comparison okay. because- 
Disneyland is never going to become an elitist place where only the elitists go. They're not going to be stupid. You know, I mean, it's they're going to hit a ceiling. You know, professional sports, I think, are the different. And you're right. It's the owners of these professional No, because what they teams. do at Disneyland is just what they started to do with um, these um, at, uh, these sporting, sporting events. events. Now, when you go and you want to buy a ticket for Disneyland, now you can go and you do monthly payments. So now the person that normally can't afford a $1,000 ticket to Disneyland pays for 12 months Oh, you know, for the Disneyland tickets, right. they also do that for. Uh, but we're not paying now. these people in Disneyland one hundred fifty million dollars to be a, a Oompa Loompa on the stage. Yeah, no, but, but they're still the companies making a shit ton of money on the backs of hardworking families, and that is a controversy. And that's been right coming now. out. I mean, they're getting bit in the ass but for that right now. It doesn't matter. So, like when our kids were younger and we were newly married, we couldn't afford to take our kids to Disneyland. Why? There's five of us, and it would cost us three thousand dollars, right? right? Two thousand at minimum. Why? Because you don't bring kids to Disneyland and sneak sandwiches anymore. But we used to do that when we were kids, mm -hmm. right? So now you go and it's an experience. You got to try the churros. You got to try the this. But you get there and then you're pissed off because there's a three hour wait for every single ride, which tells me you're at capacity on a Wednesday at 10 a.m. Right. And now I got to stand in line. And what am I going to do while I'm standing in line? Eat freaking churros that cost me $20, <laughs> right? So people are upset about it, but they also want to live the American dream of taking their kids to Disneyland. So they get passes that they can pay monthly on and that perpetuates like affordability now you're in debt and so i think that ticket prices in general for anything are what the market can bear last example beyonce tickets went on sale i was appalled at the price of the beyonce tickets when we were younger like in yeah. our teen years going to concerts in the 90s, you could get a concert ticket for $39, right? Mm -hmm. Now a Beyonce ticket starts at like $600 or something Jeez. ridiculous. Right. So I'm appalled in the sense that that's not something that I can really afford right now, but she sold out. So right. I'm like clapping for her. That's what the market can bear. Right. So good for you charging that. I right. just won't be there. And not because I can't afford it, right. but because that's not a place that I'm willing to fork over that the amount value of money, isn't right? Good for you, yeah. You know? So same thing goes, I think, for a sporting event. Like the people that are saying, frick, I'm not going to a Dodger game. You know, the Dodger dog is $20. I remember when it used to be $4, right? <laughs> okay, that was me, $6. <laughs> but okay, you never decide four. where you want your money to go, right? right that's right. true too. So the point of this, I think, is for us, it became a really healthy conversation where we were like, Dad, we're not saying that you're wrong. We just want to know how you got there, right? Yeah. And then with our family discussions, we have this rule where it's like, it's not about being right. It's about trying on different perspectives. And it's about like being able to kind of debate your perspective, right? And being okay saying, you know, I never really considered that. That's a different way to think about it. Maybe I'm looking at this wrong or not through all of these different lenses. And so that was kind of, you know, the conclusion of the conversation is, I think you agree with me, like depending on your skill level, you should be compensated. But you think that it's too high in that case. And that's okay to have I just think opinion. the conversation on the skill level of professional athletes is out of whack. Right. I don't care if you're throwing a football or hitting a golf ball. You know, that's, yeah. that's don't get me started on that. Yeah. yeah. And then Eddie said that, you know, when you said they're doing nothing to contribute to society, Eddie had a different perspective. You said growing up. Yeah. Growing up, if you grow up in like Inglewood, California and, you know, 
in your current radius, it doesn't seem to be a lot of representation of doctors, of lawyers that are, you know, up front in your face. Yeah. And so teachers, you, yeah, firemen. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm not yeah. looking at a fireman going, oh, I want to be a fireman. I mean, when I was a young kid, I'm pretty sure I said, everybody says they want to be a doctor or a, or a fireman. But then you, all of a sudden, that those representations are not in front of your face, and they're not glorified in the sense. So mm -hmm. there's a p aspect of what you're saying I get. The glorification of athletes far exceeds some of those individuals in our society that do make a huge impact, right. whether it be teachers, you know, firemen or whatever it may be, civil servants and things of that nature. But when you don't have that, and the alternative is to spend your time on things that are not helpful, that are actually damaging to society, or I can spend my time playing a sport that I see Magic Johnson playing, that mm -hmm. I see Michael Jordan playing, and it's accessible. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's the thing that people don't capture. When certain things don't feel accessible, then you don't even go after them, right? right? If, if I don't understand, I, I don't I haven't met a doctor face-to-face -face mm -hmm. that sat down and tell me, hey, this is accessible for you. You don't find that out until maybe it's too late, right? right? And so the accessibility of the, of the sport was right there. So I can go and get a basketball. Yeah. I can go down the down the street and I can emulate some of my idols that I would see. Yeah. And that was that's where I would spend my time. And then when I would see my skills getting better, the aspirations grow. Mm -hmm. And now all of sure. a sudden you say, this could be a realistic thing for me. Yeah. But at the same time, the good that it does is now I got to go to school. Now I got to get good grades because mm -hmm. I got to be eligible. Like all those things, I gotta be regardless of, of the motivation. Yeah. I, I get an education, yeah. right? And then in some cases, you get a pay, you get to go to college right. for free. And there's so many more athletes that got free education for college because of the inspiration they got from a professional athlete that are in that are not in professional sports that are high contributing individuals. That to say that that an athlete does not give like inspirations beyond a teacher is it's not true yeah there, there are countless athletes that are out there that are like if it wasn't for me seeing this person on television i wouldn't be a lawyer yeah right i wouldn't be you know a, a business person and you couple that with like you say like the firefighters or the police or things like that a teacher right those are great jobs but let's be real in 2023 we got youtubers making millions of dollars don't and get me so, going on that one. But here's the thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In our generation, in our kids' generation, there's access to earning a living in different ways that didn't exist when you were growing up. So as we I get either older, Kardashians. but as we get older, we have to be uh, open to the idea that just because we had these options to earn a living and they were limited, every year it's expanding and people can earn money in different ways. Like just like take Amazon, for example, there are sellers on Amazon that are coming up with products, you know, shipping them from China, sitting on these warehouses, selling them and we get them delivered with a click of a button from our phone. Someone is doing that for a living. That is not a position that was available for you to become when you were 20, 25 years old, right? right. So we have 20 year old friends of our kids that have Amazon stores or Etsy stores. They're earning a living by doing different things. And I think that that's beautiful in itself. And so we can't lose sight of the fact that the YouTuber now has the opportunity. It still takes a lot to go viral. It still takes a lot to create mm -hmm. content. It still takes a lot of money to market it, right? To get to the level where you're making millions of dollars, it's not usually a fluke thing. That's a lot of Right. perseverance, some sort of talent. You've got a message to share. People want to follow you. 
if you're worthy of being followed, you should be compensated for that. The work that you put in, right? Yep. So we all have the option to decide what we want to be when we grow up. And I think that for the younger generations, they want to try on many different career hats and they're going to have the opportunity to uh, figure it out in a different way. And then here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that this generation, Gen Z, which is what age group, which is our kids age. So from 20, let's say 25 and younger, 23 and younger, maybe. Well, to like 16 then you get into like 16 to 25 so let's say 16 to 25 that generation is the largest generation ever born before in history so when jordan jasmine kayla are 35 years old they're gonna look around and 50 percent of the planet is also going to be their age and, wow. and in the That's next couple of years, 70%. So what will, will happen the is yeah. what will happen is imagine if you were 30 trying to raise a family, trying to figure out your career, and you look around and 50% of the people around you are competing for the same jobs. What's gonna have to happen? You're gonna have to up level your skills, yeah. maybe to have a different education. You're gonna have to tap into your creativity. So They're going to have to start inventing new things, like doing things that we don't know how to do because it's a different competitive marketplace. Right. Yep. Yep. So I think that for all of us, as we age, the conversation needs to be like, we need to stay open to the fact that there's different ways for them to earn money. And it's pretty remarkable if you think about it from that, from from that perspective. Scarily remarkable. Yeah. Yep. Because you don't think that a YouTuber should be earning millions of dollars. I, that's that's for another uh, another episode. <laughs> yeah, that's for another episode. But what do you think? Uh, you know, I'm still kind of spun out on the athlete thing right now. <laughs> okay. you know, I just I just think as a society, you know, there are things that we are doing that are just pricing us all out. You know, mm-hmm. and those of you out there my age, sixty five, you know, let's say sixty, you know, go to the grocery store. That's another subject, right? So. As far as I'm concerned, it's all a big ball of wax and it all pertains to the same stuff. So just remember, if you like Uncle Dino's comments on these broadcasts, please leave a comment. Dr. Dino, PhD, Street Smart and Common Sense. Oh, my God. All right. So I think Dad wants to wrap it up. (laughs) I need to go to my room and look at my notebooks for for our next episode. I'm taking... But I think if if you listen to this, I think the big thing to take away from this is, is understand that you know, meritocracy, excellence, capitalism is a machine that that perpetuates itself, and it, it's triggered by those that are exceptional. And I think that we reward them monetarily if you are a standout. Mm-hmm. And so there are people that are in the NFL now making two hundred and eighty million dollars, and then there are people who only make three, you know. A th- 30 grand. Yeah, a thirty mi- three million mm. in, in a year right in mm-hmm. a year, right? Or they barely make a minimum, whatever the, the basic salary is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so j- just keep in mind that even though some people are making that, they only represent, you a know, a very small fraction. One percent of the yeah. NFL and the other majority I mean the NFL it, an NFL team has eighty-five uh, players mm-hmm. and only five of those people probably make the most money. Everyone else makes a minimum salary uh, yeah. to some extent. And Eddie is not being paid by the NFL. I am not. But what I'm saying to you is this is that no matter where you if you work at the grocery store, mm-hmm. whether you work at uh, in retail or you work at a, a doctor's office, a lawyer, whatever it is, if you are the best, if you are exceptional you will be rewarded, right? And if you produce at a high level and you contribute 
to others in society or in others into your industry or the customer at a high level, you will be rewarded. And I think that that is something that you always keep in mind. Now, I think that where we kind of disconnect is that there are times where it doesn't feel right, right? It doesn't feel like everyone has the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those are opportunities where we have to solve as a society, but we're not going to solve that machine that rewards the, the best of the best. Well, I do I think, think not everyone starts at the same point for no, sure, 100%. right? But I do think that in 2023, there are so many ways to make money that were never, ever in existence before. And so if you're trying to like out earn your parents, let's say it's the best time to do it. There's yeah. so much available for you to explore and pursue that wasn't in existence 10 years ago. But the real question is, are we heading in a better place? Are we heading as a whole? Are we heading, you know, generationally to a better place or is it just all going to be? Well, I think that <laughs> the older generation who is now about 80 looking at the boomers, they were really scared shitless when you guys were in your 20s because they you they're like, you guys are over here acting like hippies, doing drugs, smoking weed, doing protests. Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's important as you age, as we all age, to remember that at some point. The previous generation thought that your generation was going to destroy everything. And now you've arrived there at you, that. I am. Yeah. You have arrived at that. 1984. What is here? What happened? Well, that was a book. It was a book. Oh. <laughs> that was a book about the future. 1984. Yeah, oh. exactly. But, you know, statistically, there are surveys out there to say that Gen Z's feel very much the same as boomers looking at the future is it's doomerism that this you know society as a doomerism, doomerism. That's, that's a good word it's called that's that's the, the term is like that. Yep. is that they believe that society is going in a bad place it's because good. they're going to be the death of us but it, yeah but it's interesting they believe it from similar but different perspectives mm -hmm. one is on the environment i don't know if boomers care so mm -hmm. much about the environment no, then from that standpoint um <laughs> yeah that's so uh, much. <laughs> I saw you put all the cans in the wrong recycle bin. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. I put them in a recycle bin, though, yeah. right? It, no, right. But but then there there's this, I tried. There's a what I'm kind of hearing from you is that there's this this is you know view vantage point when it comes to capitalism as it being an evil thing that mm -hmm. drives deception, it drives damage, it drives evils in the world, and I think that that's kind of what you're kind of <laughs> stating a little bit, but. It's very similar that these these point of views coexist in very different generations. Mm -hmm. And so um, I tend to think that the world's going into a really great place. Yep. I think that we will figure it out. I think that, um, I mean, they are now making lab meat. Have you guys heard of that? Lab, lab meat? meat? Oh, no, yeah. I saw chicken. Yeah, so they yeah, they couple, I think a year ago they made the million dollar burger. Basically, mm -hmm. the meat itself was made in a lab. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. cloned, right, with proteins and things of that mm -hmm. nature. This is an alternative that, to our current agricultural efforts when it comes to animals and stuff like that mm -hmm. because that's bad for them. Well, the Impossible so, Burger was a flop, though. right? <laughs> so it's just an interesting thing. Like I, I think that technology will drive us to a much better place, and so we have to wait and see. Yeah, God, let's hope so. Yeah, I think it is. So uh, we hope you got something out of this episode of the Push Podcast. Thank you, Dad. Thank Craig you for Foley. having me. Just remember out there. You one don't have to duck into the If mic. you do not hear from oh. you know back from me in the next few episodes, if I don't appear, just remember something happened. I spoke up too much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. We love you. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. All right. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.